Welcome to our NFL podcast. From an Aussie perspective, I'm your host, Paul Fredrickson, and we're going to talk all things offense, all things defense, and all things in between. It's been really interesting to see how many sports have adapted with the COVID-19 pandemic, and the NFL um, has been one of those front runners holding the 2020 NFL draft basically online. It was really, really fun to watch. The managers, the coaches, and the players, and so forth, being in their different homes. Um, it did actually feel really good. So or it was to be in uh, Paradise, Nevada, and uh, ended up being at Roger Goodell's house. Uh, and then obviously all the houses of everyone else as well who was selected and so forth. And so we'll just have a quick look at those top 10 draft picks from this year. And no surprise, number one, Cincinnati Bengals chose Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU. 2019 Heisman Trophy winner. So it's no real surprise there. Um, a lot of pressure on the young man now. He's certain to start now Andy Dalton has been traded away. The Redskins chose Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. And, and they had another selection, or Ohio State had another selection with Detroit Lions, Jeff Okodu, uh, the uh, cornerback from Ohio State as well. Giants chose Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle uh, from Georgia, to give their, their front line a bit more protection there for their new quarterback. Uh, the Dolphins, Tua Tonga Valoa uh, from Alabama. No real surprise there. But what may be a surprise there, with the Dolphins having uh, Josh Rosen and, and Fitzpatrick, definitely Fitzmagic starting, um, he may sit out this year, which would really uh, suit the Dolphins to be able to rehab him more. Chargers choosing Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon, had a fantastic uh, 2018-2019. Panthers choosing defensive tackle Derek Brown. The Arizona Cardinals, Isaiah Thomas, a linebacker from Clemson, and the Jaguars, C.J. Henderson, a cornerback from Florida. So def defense doing just as well there as, as offense. And, and that's uh, indicated very much by the amount of selections. 39 linebackers chosen in the draft, a 255, 35 wide receivers chosen. Um, and then you go down to 13 quarterbacks and 12 tight ends. You can see the, the change of the game, and, and there's quite a few quarterbacks, for example, next year. So some teams may be uh, waiting uh, to see what happens from there. But really good to see the draft adaption, and uh, you can't tell if anyone's going to be a bust or going to be a fantastic player until they actually play. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, thanks for joining the podcast today, John. Um, really appreciate your time, and think we need to know a little bit more about why you are an NFL man and where you're from and everything like that. All right. Well, mate, it's good to, um, good to be speaking to you on air again. Um, uh, it's been a long time. We used to do a, a, a football one. That's great to be back. I'm a long-time NFL tragic. I, um, I've loved the game for many reasons, but the reason I actually became a fan in the first place, and this is a true story, when I was a kid living in um, Logan City, down there when the Hyperdome just got built, I would have been like nine or something like that or ten. And my mum went to Kmart and bought a pair of, um, you know, pyjamas. It's like the tracksuit on the bottom and the sort of polar fleece on the top. Oh, I love them. Yep. Yeah. And it had um, had a, a little Green Bay Packers helmet on the left chest. And that was all I had. And it was like I thought, I thought that was the coolest thing. I never heard anything about it. didn't know what it was. And um, basically from there on in, I did anything I could to find out about the Packers and the NFL, and at a school, at high school, I went to school at Mount Gavatt in Brisbane at a place called Clairvaux, and we would play um, gridiron on the on the football fields. Uh, we had a guy called Mark Ellis who went to the States, was a big LA Rams fan, and he actually bought us back a stockpile of jerseys one year. 
Wow. Which was just awesome. And, uh, and you can imagine that. It, was, it wasn't like today. There was no access online or whatever. You got very seldom little hits of stuff in the Courier Mail. You get the results. You could see the divisions. And once, and then, you know, the ABC was started to broadcast it at night. And um, I've just had an ongoing love affair and to right now where I'm actually basically, that's 100%. So much of my sports focus goes to it. I can't get enough. I'm, I'm really similar. Mine um, was basically started from the ABC when I was pretty young. Dad did mm-hmm. not understand why I watched it, but he would watch it with me. And then he'd explain the rules to me. And uh, at that stage, I think Don Lane was hosting. Um, and I almost became a Giants fan. I just held off. I didn't know why I didn't. Um, and then dad and mum um, said to us, well, who do you want to follow one day? And I said, oh, I want to follow the Dolphins and because uh, of Dan Marino. And my brother followed the 49ers. And so he went through a golden period of watching Joe Montana win, uh, you know, year after year. And uh, I watched Marino fall short. And then... Um, from there, he chose the Chicago Bulls and I chose the New York Knicks. So every team I chose became a loser in all the American sports and every team he chose was a winner. So he had the Bulls and he had the Yankees and he had the uh, 49ers. So, yeah, mate, I'm obsessed as well. And I've actually started to turn around and love my college football. Uh, I'm not sure about you. I don't have a team, but I love watching it. love the trick plays. I mean, realistically, I watch... That I watch college and I look at it and I go, it's a bit like watching under twenty, you know, under twenty ones at other footy codes. It really is. It's uh, trick plays galore. So if you're into the purity of 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 gridiron, it's probably not exactly what you want to see. But uh, it's still, I still enjoy flicking it on on a Monday or a Sunday afternoon and you know just going through the games. And I haven't got a team, unlike you, and I, I'm not sure if I ever will. And and that's not a bad thing either. So you, no, because you don't need to pick any other teams that are duds, mate. And that would happen. I would just, I would destroy Alabama <laughs> or Clemson. I can tell you now. So yeah. um, you, you follow the Packers, and I know how I know how personally how much you love them. I have to ask you about the Jordan Love signing. How how that yeah. makes you feel? Um, okay, well, I personally, when I saw the pick come through, I was actually quite happy. I know that sounds bizarre because everyone's banging on about, oh, we need to um, give Rogers more weapons and blah, blah, blah. And, okay, I get it. But for me, um, um, you don't have a winning franchise unless you've got a quarterback. And we've got it. We've been blessed with amazing quarterbacks. And um, and I think that the process that we go through will give the guy a bit of a chance to to fit in and um, and to learn and grow in the system. And what I saw, I saw some tape of him. He's got a live arm and he's big and he's strong and, and um, I'm pretty excited, you know, because I look at that and I go, geez, that'll give us – if it works out, we'll get another 15, 20 years. And who am I to question uh, a franchise like the Packers when I follow the Dolphins? But uh, pretty stoked yeah. about signing Tua. Uh, Tom yeah. Lavoa, it's taken me a while to get his name right there. Uh, yeah. But for what, for what you just said, you can build a franchise around a quarterback and we have had all-time duds for the past uh, couple of decades. So really happy about Tua there as well. Um, mate, I have to ask you – is I know he's not he's not my favourite quarterback of all time, but he has won six Lombardies, right? What, mm-hmm. do you, what do you think about the move to Tampa Bay for uh, Tom Brady? Oh, it's a hard one. And, you know, it's the thing is like, you, you know, what do they say? Is if you 
if you ask if if a player says football's a business, then the team will tell him it's a game, and if a player says football's a game, then they'll say what's well, a business, I, or something like that. It was supposed it was a really sage quote, but <laughs> I I look at him going to Tampa, and I and I go, wow, look, I mean, I think the starting point is he's gonna have a an an, an awesome passing attack because I mean. You know um, his predecessor there threw thirty touchdowns, yeah. and that means that they can they can they can whirl the ball around the yard. Um, he's also going to have a little bit, of, obviously, a bit of a running game with Gronk coming back. But you know, I mean, I look around and I think, well, okay, I think he's gone there to prove a point. Yeah, um, and I think he's gone there to have a look at the way football's played in different parts of the world, and um, and I think he's going to be fine. But do I think that they're going to win the NFC? No, I don't. No, I, I don't. I don't think they will either. But I think they've given themselves a chance. They've given themselves a chance to be right up there because Tom Brady and he doesn't he doesn't turn over the ball, and that's the way Tampa Bay's got it set up. If you have a look at their predecessors, they could throw touchdowns, but they threw pick sixes nonstop as well. So. Mm. Having Gronk there, I mean, he's not going to really be a blocker. He's he's going to be getting those catches. So it's going to be going to be interesting to watch Tampa Bay. And obviously, the contenders this year are going to be pretty similar to the previous couple of years. Um, my thoughts, anyway, is obviously Kansas City. You're going to have Baltimore right there. San Fran aren't going to be far away. And a team, I hate to say, will be a contender. But I still think Dallas has the uh, Arsenal to be a contender. Well, I, guess, I, think I with, did say um, Arsenal. Yeah, with, with Kate... Kay- with um, Coach um, McCarthy going there, I'm actually, you know, I look, a lot of, one thing I've noticed in, in American sports is a lot, I mean, sometimes we think we're savage on people um, in Australian sports or in British sports or whatever, but, you know, in, in, in the USA, if you don't win, you know, you're either a hero or absolute zero, you know? Yeah. And um, for me, I mean, Mike McCarthy gave me one of my, you know, best um, moments of fandom when we won the when we won the Super Bowl and and he also regularly had us in positions to get back again. He couldn't get us back in again, and there was a lot of things at play there. I actually thought that his biggest failing at Green Bay was that he never got rid of our defensive coordinator Don Capers, um, who just used to drive me nuts with his wig and toupee, and <laughs> and and the capacity for the Packers to actually just give up huge plays all the time. I know Kaepernick's been in the news again, but. His big moments all came against the Packers on the ground, yeah. And you know, in playoff games, and and anybody who, and then you know, there was the the night obviously against the Seahawks, which was the worst moment as a Packers fan I could remember, when we melted down and been you know twenty points up or whatever with four minutes to go. But I really like Mike McCarthy. I think that Dallas are going to be very very hard to beat, um, and you know I think that's good for the comp because I think it's a pretty boring division they're in. Has been for a while. Yeah, with, NFC East. With I don't care what anyone says. With Philly, I mean, everyone talks about Philly and their quarterback, but I mean, watching their games is. And I'm sorry if I'm going to get Philly fans offside, but watching their games is not fun. And uh, you, you know, Dallas games are fun, and if they can be right up there, I mean, I'm not a Dallas fan as I've said earlier, but look at that lineup, and I think they were hand. You said about winners. But, but the uh, owner of the Cowboys has always been almost too loyal to either players or to coaches. There's no way yeah. on on any earth that he should have gotten as long as he did. And so Mike McCarthy going to Dallas, I think that changes everything. 
a bit of a spanner in the works, say, John, is uh, still um, Dak Prescott's uh, negotiations. And, and really interestingly, yeah. I, I love this move. They've signed Andy Dalton as a backup. Yeah, I like that too. I, you know, and that's another thing is like, I mean, you know, you, you and I love listening to the, the dudes in the States talking about players and coaches and stuff, but, you know, Andy Dalton took a lot of stick. And, I, and I, I've got to go back to thinking that most of my life support in NFL, Cincinnati were absolute rubbish. Yeah. And, um, I mean, him and, you know, the you know, coach um, Jack, oh, no, it wasn't Jackson. What was his name of the coach there? You know, um, the... Anyway, the coach who was there and they got him to the playoffs. Now they couldn't win a playoff game. No. And the way, and the year that he got he got hurt, um, he was heading for an MVP performance. I think you put the right things around him, um, and you give him some trust and faith. I mean, hey, if you can make Cincinnati into the playoffs, <laughs> then who knows what you can do when you get a good side? Hey, that's what I way I look at it because the Browns haven't done it. No. And, I mean, it's just going to be interesting. I think, you know, obviously Dak's, Dak's saying, hey, I was on a rookie contract. I, I deserve more money. And I think he's a good mm. quarterback, but he's got a lot of weapons. So, you know, do they pay him ridiculous amounts? I don't think so. I don't think they should. So it's going to be interesting. And I, I could imagine Andy Dalton stepping in and doing a really good job this year. I don't think they're going to lose a hell of a lot. Um, Dak- How much different would he be to the way Tannehill went in Tennessee last year? Well, I mean... He didn't turn over the ball, Tannehill, and that was a big thing, mm. and that's what they based that on. Um, and so I think he, I actually think he'd be an improvement on on Tannehill. And being a Finns fan, I'm not being bitter about Tannehill. He he did his best in a really difficult situation with a horrible franchise, to be honest. Um, but mm. I mean, let's face it, Tannehill had one of the best running backs we've seen in a single year you, you could ever imagine as well. So his job was to hold onto the ball, and he did it. So I agree yeah. with you. I agree. Oh, they, with the running, running game last year at Tennessee was some of the most exciting NFL I can remember watching for a long, long time. I loved it. Uh, one day, running backs are going to come back. I mean, I mean, they have to. You've got a good running back uh, going downhill. You've got, what, five to six yards. And they might only last three or four years, but pay them big money for three or four years. Get another, yeah, well, back, get another running back. Well, Packers got slagged for um, taking a, a running back with a second pick, a big banger. And... Um, and I actually think it's a good move. I, I, we've got, um, you know, Adam Jones uh, able to run and catch out of the backfield. I like the double, you know, the double up of having a big guy there to just smash the ball. You know, it doesn't hurt anyone. No. And, and you, can pay, pay, you can pay them big money for three or four years. And this is the thing. I think the, the long-term contract packs are gone. But a, a Derrick Henry could change that whole um, aspect again. Um, so we have a section talking about Bo Jackson and he was the prototypical huge running back and you know obviously um, mm. did, did his hip got injured and finished his career but you should pay running backs big money Go, I, I think I think teams will I think they'll pay him for three or four years big money knowing that they can get another running back down the track I'm, I'm looking forward to the game changing that way a little bit true but I mean it's easy to see from a team building aspect so I don't agree with I didn't like the way the Giants went about theirs when they took the running back first and then go and try and pick up um, Daniel Jones as the quarterback the next year. They sort of, I think they lucked into a decent quarterback there. Um, I think if the quarterback's available to you, and I don't really get, you know, I'm wondering who's going to be the first person to pick up um, Cam Newton. That's an interesting topic. Um, But I'm, you know, it is what it is. It's your podcast. I'll let you keep 
No, no, not at all. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Now I cannot believe for the life of me, Cam Newton's not signed. And and look, it does come down to money. He still wants the big money. He's still got guaranteed money as well. And I think that's what's scaring teams off. Um, I just still can't believe he's gone from an MVP, almost winning a Super Bowl, to not even being able to get a place in any team. There's 32 teams. And how is this guy not playing in the NFL? It's an interesting one. I mean, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of um, theories going around. And I mean, I guess those theories are going to be, um, they're dynamic because of the current political situation in the States as well. But everything's under question. But... You know, there's a lot of discussion says that if he comes in as a backup quarterback, he's such a strong personality that he's going to bring people in the locker room onto his side if things aren't going right, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, yep. I think that his best bet is that somebody goes down, a first-choice quarterback, and then he comes in on the white horse. And he could wear an awesome outfit if he came in too. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and you bring him in. I mean, I'd... You know, who- we were talking about Cam Newton and um, that mm. he could come in on the white horse and, and basically rescue a, a team season. Now, you, you think that's mm. his best option this stage? Well, would you be surprised if Ben Rufflesberger's not, um, you know, doesn't really come back from his surgeries and isn't... I mean, Ben's never been a guy to spend the off-season getting fit <laughs> and he's been injured, right? And, he come, and, and, he's not, and he's not going well and something happens. And he's a diva too. Sorry to any Pittsburgh fans, but like the dude knows how to hammer. A great player, tough and all that. But he always tell you, I'm a, you know, I have to admit it. I'm playing injured, you know. Yeah. Um, I've got, I could see I could see him going. I could see Cam Newton playing for Coach Tomlin in Pittsburgh, and I think that makes for the most interesting division in the NFL. That's actually a really great call. I, I could absolutely see him go in there. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben doesn't see out the season regardless. I mean, there's there's injuries there. And we were talking about the current political climate, which we're not going to go into. But mm. COVID is, is part of this, the COVID-19. And yeah. I think teams are scared that, you know, for example, I've, I've, brought up Tua, I've brought up Tua too often tonight. But teams weren't able to go yeah. and check him out. They can, yeah. they can see 20-second videos of a guy they're going to pay a, a fortune for later on. But he's a first-round draft pick, and what's he going to pay over? He's not going to pay huge money because he's a rookie. And, mm. and that might be what's scaring people off with Cam as well. You, you said the diva side, but they haven't been able to actually get in with their doctors and check him out, which they normally would be able to do. Yeah, that's true. Um, although, you know, the body of work that he's laid out there is arguably better than some of the guys who've moved around the league in the last two years, you know. So do you take a risk on a guy who's got some, you know, injury concerns? I mean, if you ask me, would I take Cam Newton coming off an injury or would I take a punt on Tua with coming off what he had, who's never done anything in the NFL, I'd take Cam Newton. That's a bad but I get, I get, I get the draft, you know what I mean? I understand how it works, but that I would, I'd rather be starting with Cam Newton than... Then a two-year developmental phase with a guy who's coming off having his hip, you know, turned the wrong way facing backwards like a Ken doll. <laughs> you know? I think it also depends on the franchise. And, and I think that um, we've been cursed, I mean, blessed to have, but, you know, Dolphins have been cursed to have Dan Marino as that poster child mm. because we're looking for that next... We've never stopped looking for the next Dan Marino. And I think that's where Tua's got his... Uh, been drafted. I mean, we've got Rosen who won't even, you know, he's he's the third string quarterback from what everyone's saying at the moment. He was number one draft pick 
Um, you've got Fitzmagic, who's you know close to forty years of age, and we got Tua. So I, I, I'm pretty happy with where the Finns are at at the moment. Cleaned people out, got a good coach, and it looks like we're starting to go the right way for once. And now that there's no Brady, um, AFC East is you know, hmm. battle of the worst four teams going around. I reckon. Uh, oh, I love Fitz, man. I love Fitzmagic. I think he's one of my favourite players ever in the NFL, and I love his. Um... His attitude of where he's been, you know, he, he's played in some pretty dud teams and he's always given those teams a spark, you know. Like, talk about Tampa Bay, the first four games, what, two years ago? Remember when he just lit it yeah, up? Yeah. And I mean, last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but everything about Miami was that they were tanker for two, right? So he, he, him and Coach Flores, that's his name? Yeah. Now? Yep. Somehow, in a team that was tank, giving away, giving away all their best players uh, here, there, and everywhere, he actually managed to pick them up and make them relevant, so that it looked like it actually blown the draft picks. <laughs> it did too, and I thought it was amazing performance. Um, and you know, guys don't get enough credit for that in the in the in the, in the nether regions of the NFL, you know, because there's plenty of guys in that in that look. Look at the look at the dude. I mean. You know, I've got no no time for the Bears. As obviously a Packers fan, but but their fans watching the rubbish paraded out as their quarterback. You can't tell me if it's Magic's not a better player than what's going on there. Yeah, I'm. I agree with you, and I, I still can't believe the Bears with their defense and and they've still got weapons to not make a move in the quarterback stake. It's almost like they've pan- you know deers in the headlight. They've panicked a bit. And they're like, oh, we can't we can't get rid of him. We can't do it. I, you know, we've got too much invested, but. Sometimes you just have to – it's like a relationship that's not working. You Sometimes you just have to say, yep, loved you, but I've got to leave you. Oh, they're making moves all right. I mean, they're um, – you know, he's no longer playing on his own there in, in Chicago now. Um, you know, I, I, I shan't utter his name. But um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, they've got – I mean, I don't want to be seen to be helping the Bears out with their issues because, uh, you know, they certainly don't – there's not a lot of charity between the two clubs, so – um, they've got a great defense, and I'm far more worried about what they can do getting after our quarterback than uh, what their quarterbacks, whoever they should be, <laughs> that will remain nameless, can do to us. Is that is that like homery enough? Or I think so. I, th- I think you're allowed. Right, to, okay, I, think you're allowed I think you're allowed to do that. But so, I haven't even started on the Vikings yet, mate. Yeah. Okay. Start. Let's go. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'll talk about someone else. Well, I want to talk about the Browns. Oh, I, I, Good. On and I know games are never won on paper. They are never won yeah. on paper. But they chose a ridiculous choice for a coach. Let's just be honest. We don't want to bag people. It's not what we're about. But no experience. The but, kitchen manner. Eh? Let's be honest. Where was his qualifications to be the coach of that team? It was bizarre, and it was it was sad, and 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 all the rest of it. But like I meant, yeah, like I meant. To me, you look as an outsider looking in on all those things. They had a ready-made guy there. I mean, I know, I know that um, Williams has got his detractors because of um, what gate was that? It was, uh, you know, the gate he was involved in with um, the bounty going after um, Brett Favre. Yeah. But, um, I mean, please, you need to tell me that they're the only people who've ever done that in the NFL. We know it's not. I listen to Mark Slayer. He said they did it every week. You know, um, they're putting money on players and everybody says, oh, you know, you can't. It's like, well, that's the way, it's, the way it is. And I like him as a coach. I think he, most of the time his defences play super hard. 
Their defense in Cleveland played super hard under Williams. Their team, for the first time in years, played super hard when he was head coach. Yeah, yeah. And then they looked over him. I couldn't believe it. It's like, what are you doing? Well, let's be honest about it. And we can do this on another podcast, but the the choice of coaches over the years is absolutely bizarre. Those who do get a gig and those who don't. And we're not going to go down the racial lines, but the Rooney rule's there for a reason. And if that can be be, um, utilised the way it's meant to be, then we should be seeing a lot better coaches in the game. Because at the moment, there's a reason some great coaches stay in college football. And there's some reason that some really good coaches never get a go. And that comes down to ownership as well. And uh, we're not making it a racial wow. thing, but there's some, you know, there's some elements at play there as well. That's true. But in the case of the Browns, they did keep a, 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 a coach of colour um, for three seasons where they didn't win a game. Yeah. 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 Fair. That's a, that's a so, very I mean, You can't thing. really say it's the, you know, it's, it's this or that. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, had a shocking record, and um, you know, and they kept they kept him for three. Years. They sacked um, Mike Patton when he had a winning season. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, we can do a whole podcast on the on the politics of football down the track. Um, I'll probably try mm. and keep politics out of out of out of my sport as much as I can. Enough enough other people talk about it that are much more qualified than I am. But the Browns are going to be an interesting watch for me. I've never really enjoyed watching them. their uniforms, but I love their supporters, and I'm a massive um, fan of seeing supporters get success, like Leicester did yeah. many years ago. Or not even many years ago, only a few years ago in the Premier League. Um, your team, Newcastle, obviously getting back to the Premier League and, and staying there is, is amazing. And I, those are the stories that make me excited about football. So I'd love to see mm. the Browns be successful for their fans because they are long-suffering. I think everybody had that vibe last year. I think that kind of one of the things that really, you know, it's funny, that that kind of olive branch to other teams is only extended for a very short time. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, um, when the Browns were in that, Everyone want to see them win. Well, they, uh, I think they were seen to be using a little bit too much swagger and not enough uh, output. Yeah, it didn't, and, didn't seem like the hard work was really put in. They almost no. they were going to win. Do you, do you know people tipped them for the Super Bowl last year? Yeah, well, why would you do that? It's just ridiculous. You've got to have a track. I'll, I think you do have to have a little bit of a track record. <laughs> so I don't I'll, know. I'll disagree with you on the uniform. On I, I, I love the Browns. Um, Uniforms I've gone back to this year. I'm a, I'm I'm a huge fan of the traditional yeah. outfits in the NFL. Absolutely love the Browns' real outfit. I thought the thing that they were parading around the last three years was absolute garbage. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, and uh, it looked like some, you know, irrelevant third-rate school, university, and college football. And you know, to see them back in their real outfit, the fans have got to love that man. Oh, definitely. So, I mean, look, John, you're, I'm going to get you back on this podcast again. I always love talking to you. I love the fact that you're uh, honest with your supporting. You, do you think the fans will get back to the end? Do you think they'll they'll be in the stadiums this year, this season? It's funny. I'm, I double up my NFL fandom with being a senior geography teacher at a high school, as you know. <laughs> yeah. And we've we've come back to school and the, the – the, um, we weren't allowed to do a field work. Obviously, we can't go outside. So we did a virtual field work of the response of COVID-19 in New York City and why it got away so badly as it did and and what could be done differently. And I, and I have to be honest that I fear for 
I mean, I love America. I love Americans of all Americans. Yeah. And um, my experiences there have always been just first class, you know. And I look at that and I look at, you know, the unrest there that's gone on this, this last week and a half. And I fear for the population because um, history would tell us that the disease that has brought so much pain, suffering, despair to the place in the last couple of months is about to rear its ugly head and maybe get even worse. And so I don't know. Yeah. I hope so. I think people though would be scared and I think it's going to take a long time for the country to recover. That's a really, really good point. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's going to play in the Super Bowl? I'm, I was going to do the sexy pick. Everyone wants to see Baltimore or, or um, the Chiefs represent the AFC. Yeah. I think that if they can get it together, I think that the the representative's going to come out of the north again. I think it might be Buffalo. Wow. And I think they're a very well-coached team. Um, I think they've got a, a brilliant defense. I think they've got a lot of weapons. I think they've got an inexperienced quarterback who, if he learns to actually use his arm, you never know what will happen. And I, you know, you talk about long-suffering fan bases. I mean, I know Miami's been down, but, gee, the Bills, at least you guys have got two Super Bowls. The, the Bills went through four and then done nothing since, you know? No, you're so, 100% correct. And and they're a pretty loyal fan base. And I think in the NFC, um, obviously, ridiculous to say, I think the Packers will be there because there'll be plenty of people who do this. So that I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the 49ers are going to be there. I'm, I'm going to say that I think it's going to be another North team. I think the Cowboys is going to go. And... What scares me with that, though, if the Cowboys make it and they beat the Bills, imagine the Bills fans after losing another Super Bowl. I mean, what, what, be terrible. what, what will happen to Jim Kelly? What will he do? I don't know, mate. I, I don't know if I could handle that at all. Uh, you know, what's worse, to make it or to walk in the wilderness? I don't know. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, the Packers, people say, oh, you know, oh, you've been so lucky. We should be upset or whatever. But how I feel about success is success – uh, to me, is that you be re- your team be relevant, give you hope every year. And as a Packers fan, I felt we've been pretty well looked after in that area. And um, you know, I miss Brett Favre still. No, I, love I, I love the guns, uh, the guns, but you, you're 100 correct there because if we follow other sports, I love when my team's relevant. I love when my team's contending. And if you can have a decade or more of contending, I'd prefer that than to winning a Super Bowl and then you know, falling off, off the cliff again. So, yeah, I, I agree. Mm. What, what dictates success? And, and in American sport, as we know, it's the rings. You know, Jordan's got six titles, so is he the greatest ever? And, you know, how many titles has Tiger Woods run, won, you know, chasing Nicholas and, you know, or Palmer, you know, that kind of thing. It, it, unfortunately, from an American perspective, success is the ultimate. And uh, that's where I think we need the Bills to get it. If they're going to win, they're going to have to win a Super Bowl, I think, to be to be relevant in American circles, Matt. I can guarantee you that if they make that Super Bowl and they're playing the 49ers or the Cowboys or, heaven forbid, the uh, the Vikings, that there'll be a lot of Bills paraphernalia hanging out at my house. And I'll, it would be the same with me. John, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I hope we can uh, speak to you in future weeks. And uh, because I don't have to see your team too often, I can say, go, Pat, go. And uh, fins up. You take care, man. I hope that uh, your team puts the little helmet back on top of the dolphin. (laughs) 
So do I. I miss that so much. We, we've done polls on it, mate. So get that helmet back on the Dolphin. I'm going to be pushing that all year. Good on you, mate. Take care. Thanks, Thanks for having John. me on. Bye, mate. Bye-bye. 2007 NFL Draft. The Oakland Raiders select quarterback Jamarcus Russell, LSU. In 2007, the Raiders took a 6'6", 260-pound quarterback from LSU with a rifle arm and a ton of upside. But Jamarcus Russell's NFL career was short-lived. He held out into his rookie season and only played in four games. He was out of the league after just three seasons, going 7-18 and 18 as a starter. Russell never fulfilled the hype and is one of the biggest draft busts in history. We've been talking about athletes who could have, should have, maybe made the draft. And one of those who would have had no doubt an amazing career back in the 80s, Bo Jackson, played baseball at the highest level, played football at the highest level for the Raiders and baseball for Kansas City and others, uh, was a sensational college footballer and baseball player, a brilliant track athlete in high school. Bo Jackson, do yourself a favour. Watch ESPN's You Don't Know Bo. Have a look at YouTube highlights, and I promise you he would match any athlete of this day. And in fact, with his Nike um, Bo Nose uh, kind of platform, his shoes could have been right up there with Jordan. Would have been really, really close. Anyway, You Don't Know Bo. Exactly what he's doing. Spider Man! But <laughs> they show it on the big screen. Listen to the crowd. And Bo Jackson to the 20 and out in front. And only one man to beat him. Easily can't run him down. He had the angle, but there goes Bo. And nobody catches Bo. Touchdown. <laughs> He may not stop yep. the Tacoma. <laughs> He's gone. Portland. He just went by Spokane. And there go the Raiders into fine. <laughs> what a scene. Thanks for joining us on the NFL or Bust podcast through the Love Sport Network. My name's Paul Fredrickson. We'll catch you next time.